fire and flood, virus, starvation, heat waves, shaking, bedrock. We all feel the same thing, don't we? Our activism for the earth needs to be a new discovery. The rapid evolution of the earth, quadrupling natural disasters since 1980. That's a sign we should read. Evolution doesn't ask us to say earth first. It's not making it important compared to something else. The evolution of this earth simply wants us to be earth now, become it, be it. Allow ourselves to be what we always were. How do you do that? What, what am I talking about here? Float up into that ecosystem of yours, the forest, the swamp, up into the alpine meadow, down into the coral reef. Participate, perceive, receive. Walk there, fly there, swim there, fall in love. Nature rises up in us. Give over to the gravity, the rocks, the insects, the uncontactable life. Life walking out of solid rock. They discovered that recently. Life just comes from anywhere. A mile underneath the surface of the earth. Life just comes forth. No one can explain it. You have that uncontactable, miraculous thing in you. Amen. We all have that. That's our seed. Oh, place an outpost of consciousness. Place that seed between yourself and the earth. And let that point of view become the wilderness area again. See things that way. Let go. Let go. Fly. We dedicate this Earth Church service to Kevin Clark, who flew and fell from the face of the Chase Bank in New York City. Now you lie in a hospital bed, handcuffed, Kevin. Handcuffed to that bed by the New York City gangsters. Listen, Kevin, we fly with you. We evolve with you. We are grateful to you. Will somebody give me an earth hallelujah? Yeah. Yeah.
Hello. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. COVID-19 can be exacerbated by the presence of pollen. Pollen can suppress how the human immune system responds to viruses by interfering with proteins that signal antiviral responses in cells lining the airways. It can leave people more susceptible to a whole host of respiratory viruses such as the flu and other SARS viruses. A new study looks specifically at COVID-19 to see how the number of new infections changed with the rise and fall of pollen levels in 31 countries around the world. On average, about 44% of the variability in COVID-19 case rates was related to pollen exposure, often in synergy with humidity and temperature. The infection rates tended to rise four days after a high pollen count. If there was no local lockdown, this infection rate increased by an average of about 4% per 100 pollen grains in a cubic meter of air. A strict lockdown cut the increase by half. This pollen exposure isn't just a problem for people with hay fever. It's a reaction to pollen in general. Even types of pollen that typically don't cause allergic reactions were correlated with an increase in COVID-19 infections. As the climate changes, this relationship between pollen and emergent viruses will become more and more problematic. Three factors are affecting pollen rates. The pollen starts earlier, lasts longer, and there is more of it. Legal cannabis production in Colorado emits more greenhouse gases than the state's coal mining industry. The production and use of cannabis for medical or recreational reasons is now legal in several U.S. states, which has led to a booming industry. Researchers have quantified and analyzed the greenhouse gas emissions produced by cannabis growers. They found that emissions varied widely by state, from 2.3 to 5.2 tons of carbon dioxide equivalent per kilogram of dried flour produced. In Colorado, the emissions add up to around 2.6 megatons of CO2, which is more than that from the state's coal mining at 1.8 megatons of CO2. The emissions that come from growing one ounce of marijuana, depending on where it's grown in the U.S., is about the same as burning 7 to 16 gallons of gasoline. Most of the world's 20,000 bee species don't call a hive home. These wild species lead solitary lives, and around 70% of them build nests underground where they raise their offspring on the nectar they gather from flowers. A new landmark study shows soil pesticides such as neonicotinoids reduce wild bee reproduction by 89%. There was a 59% decrease in sperm counts in Western countries between 1973 and 2011. Worldwide fertility has dropped by 50% between 1960 and 2015. The United States has a total birth rate that is 16% below what it needs to replace itself. Though it is well known that couples are conceiving later and opting to have smaller families, it is thought the fertility issues run deeper than just personal choice. Rates of miscarriage are on the rise, and girls are experiencing earlier and earlier puberties, in some cases before the age of eight. In some parts of the world, the average 20-something woman today is less fertile than her grandmother was at 35. It is thought that ubiquitous endocrine-disrupting chemicals and other environmental pollutants are to blame. Russian mining giant Norilsk Nickel announced on Wednesday it had paid a nearly $2 billion fine for a giant fuel spill in the Arctic last year. Some 20,000 tons of diesel leaked into lakes and rivers near the northern city of Norilsk in May. 
The fine ordered by Russian President Vladimir Putin was the largest compensation paid for environmental damage in the country's history. At least two species of sea slug can amputate their bodies from their heads and then regenerate the body, presumably to rid themselves of internal parasites. It appears the sea slug has dissolved the tissue around its neck and ripped its own head off. Self-amputation, known as autotomy, isn't uncommon in the animal kingdom. Having the ability to jettison a body part such as a tail helps many animals avoid predation. However, no animal has ever been observed ditching its entire body. Scientists expected the slug would die quickly without a heart and other important organs, but it not only continued to live, it also regenerated the entirety of its lost body within just three weeks. And now the sounds of extinction. The greater sage grouse, also known as the sage hen, is the largest grouse in North America. Its range is sagebrush country in the western United States and southern Alberta and Saskatchewan, Canada. It makes use of a complex lek system in mating. Though many male greater sage grouse may display at a lek, only one or two males get picked by a majority of the females for mating. The birds strut, fan their tail feathers, and swell their breasts to reveal bright yellow air sacs while making a weird assortment of booming, swishing, and popping noises, all to attract a hen. The sage-grouse forages on the ground, mainly eating sagebrush, but also other plants and insects, and it has a special stomach to digest the harsh sagebrush. Oil and gas development, overgrazing, sagebrush removal, invasive plants such as cheatgrass and wind energy have degraded this bird's habitat. Sage-grouse numbers have dropped from an estimated 16 million pre-settlement to a few hundred thousand today. Populations have declined by more than 60% over the past five decades. And hear the sound of the greater sage-grouse. Falconer, oh the falcon 
cannot hear, can't hear the falconer. Things fall apart. Oh, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned, is drowned, is drowned, is drowned. The best lack all, lack all conviction. Oh, the best lack all. Lack all conviction. The best lack all conviction and the worst are full of passionate intensity. Once again, our Earth Church service goes forward. I would just like to um, remind us where we are right now after the news from the natural world and the endangered sage grouse. We, we listened to my spoken word rendition of W.B. Yeats' uh, poem, The Second Coming, famous poem he wrote after World War One, and after the Easter uprising in Ireland, lots of violence, lots of things falling apart at that time. And then we tried to demonstrate the falling apart with the gunfire, with the, with the crying and the crazy laughing and the electric storm and more war, that section of sound effects that we just heard before, before this message. So, we are in a time right now that does resemble a century ago after the first great world war. Things are falling apart right now. And I have to own something about that opening little sermon, and that is that I, I went off into a series of images and, and reasons for things that uh, was just sort of fantastic. 
I said that we have uncontacted life inside of ourselves. Remember that? And that we have to reach down into that mystery and bring it up, and it's like a seed. And then I said, if you take that seed and you, you put it out there near the wilderness, that the seed acts like an eye, and it sees the wilderness. It sees the wilderness, and then the wilderness comes into the eye. Well, <laughs> this is might have just completely mystified some of you, and if you scratched your head and wondered what the hell was going on, I don't blame you one bit, but it might have helped some of you. I think it might have helped me. <laughs> I am looking for a way to cross that line, uh, that boundary, that fence, that fence line that has been put there by how we were raised, how by big institutions, military, religious institutions, and by maybe our parents, our culture that we were raised in. And the, the, the feeling that we're getting right now from the earth, the earth talking to us, is, is that you have, to, you have to go beyond where you were. You have to break out of your given, settled culture. Why? Because we're killing life right now around us, and, and that wilderness is burning. And it's the superstorms, and it's the wildfires, and it's the pandemic, and it's the starvation, and the heat waves. And the, it, is, it is the Earth's uprising, the rapid accelerating evolution that we call the extinction. We have to escape our cultural evolution to reach the natural world again. And when we are given this new life inside of the wilderness, that I believe this mystery that we have, this seed, this eye, this journey, will give us, then we have to return to our home culture and change what is here. That's that new discovery, that activism that we must, we must find, develop, make powerful. It's the wilderness that will save us. The forest ate the American. You opened the door of my book, Lime Blue. I stopped talking when you hummed a It was ecosystem reconstruction. It was ecosystem reconstruction. High plains reborn from vagina ravines. Seeds fed out inside snakes and Everyone memorized all the parts. That was ecosystem reconstruction cultivation. That was ecosystem reconstruction cultivation. The 
as its sensations back. We've got the love to cut the liar from the lies. Our room was the moon with the earth rise. Call it ecosystem reconstruction, cultivation, transformation, ecosystem reconstruction, cultivation, transformation, ecosystem reconstruction, cultivation, transformation.
And time for thank yous. Teddy Tam Tam edited today's show. Teddy stood in for Jason Candler, who is ailing but healing. We know you're going to come back to us, Jason. Come on. The Green New Deal, that song, premiered in this show. Hallelujah. And I, I uh, like to think that uh, I had something to do with composing it. Travis Tench at Oak Hill Audio took uh, singing from all the members of the Stop Shopping Choir. They were each of them alone in lockdown with a beat track, sang their part, and then sent it to Travis down in Tennessee. Thank you, Travis and all the singers. Vera Khan was the soloist. Savitri D, our anchor, from the news from the natural world and the sounds of extinction. Savitri is the director of the Church of Stop Shopping. The Widening Gyre song, Nehemiah Luckett and myself there. The Fiery Eagles of Justice, Jason Candler, Jason again, and Brendan Burke on the drums. My fairly surreal journey today, Sundar Ganglani took my words and created ecosystem reconstruction. Thank you, Sundar. The Promised Land, a song from some years ago, one of our anthems, Laura Newman with Nehemiah Luckett created that song. Neil Young puts our work on his newspaper, on the religion page of the Times Contrarian. Thank you, Neil. Pantheon Podcasts sends us out to 50 podcast networks around the country, around the world. KTWH, in our family of radio stations that broadcast our work, Two Harbors, Minnesota, Michelle Anderson, our host there. Thank you for being a part of our family. And Kevin Clark, we know that you flew and you fell, but that you fly again. We're with you, brother. Thank you for your activism. Somebody give me an earth out there. Yeah.